bridge is over. The bridge is over. The bridge is over. You see me coming in the dance with the flipper sensia. Down with the sound called BDP. If you want to join the crew, well, you must see me. You can't sound like Shannon or the one Marley. Cause Shannon, Marley, Marley, my rhyming like the gay. Picking up the mic, man, I don't know what to say. Saying hip hop started out in Queensbridge. Saying lies like that, man, you know them can't live. So I'll tell them again, we come to tell them again. Tell them again, we come to tell them again. Tell them again, we come to tell them again. Tell them again, we come to tell them. Manhattan keeps on making it. Brooklyn keeps on taking it. Bronx keeps creating it. And Queens keeps on faking it. It is another Freaky Frankie Friday episode. Yes, Freaky Frankie Friday is back. I'm sorry for the wait. Um, this Friday, we're going to have some fun. Um, I went to a Karras one concert last night. You got, we have the Strangers sequel coming out tonight. Which it should be very interesting. I definitely have to talk about the story behind the strangers. We have a maybe a finishing to the Megan Barry story. Um Sergeant Sergeant Mayor Lover has officially been um given his results for his actions. So we have some of that. So we have some of that fun coming in, and I'm gonna talk about the Flash. I've seen the episode for this weekend. I loved it a lot. So we got a few good things to talk about on this episode of the Freaky Frankie Friday, and obviously we gotta have some Frank Sinatra to go off on. So with all that said, let's get into it. So let's get into it. Oh man. Um so my wife, my Irish queen, is back inside of Ireland. She's not in the States any longer, but she did love her time inside the States. I hope that you go back and listen to that episode for sure because that was very fun. Definitely very fun time to have with her. Um yeah, that was just a one good old one time guest time. I'm gonna try, like I said, I'm gonna try this season to kind of lay off guests more often. I'm gonna try to bring on some more zombie guests. That was my first zombie guest, actually. So that was really good. That was really good to come back on, come back from the dead, back on the episode. So, um, with that said, I have my social media. I'm finally got into it okay so i finally got into it so the instagram has been changed the name is the first noiser on instagram that is the first f-i-r-s-t underscore noiser n-o-i-s-e-r so just look that search that up You'll find the profile the search first noiser that's where you could go to get some you know, outside the show, behind the scenes stuff that we will get some updates on what I'm going to be talking about this this week, or you know, I just get some get some kind of some good little facts and stuff to just know. Also, um, I have the Facebook page finally put up. It is called Want More Noise. So if you want some more noise outside the show, go to the Facebook page. I'm I'm an active Facebook member. Obviously, if you have seen So Dope Wood on there, you know that I'm pretty active on Facebook. So I'm going to have the Facebook group a little bit active. It's open to the public, so just go and, and just go on Quest for an ad, and you'll be added on. You know, no big deal. I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking to have some noises come on the Facebook page and this, and have some more noise to talk about. I love, I'd love to just spread some more noise out there. So this has been very, very great, very, very happy for the show just to begin the popularity that it has been getting. Again, go if you. Again, I hope everybody's. Finding on iTunes and Google Play Music very well. Also, this Anchor app right here. I hope they find it there very well also. So, with that said, let's get more into the episode here. 
So, my Irish queen is gone. My Irish queen's gone. She was featured on my last episode. I hope that everybody went and got that last episode. Again, if you have not heard the last episode, just go back. It's called Moya Petnikolovna because that's what I call my baby. The beautiful queen in Slovak. So she is my Irish queen. She's for sure back gone in Ireland having a vet fun time. Uh, very upset that she was not here to witness the concert last night that I went to because she is a huge fan of 90s hip-hop. And she would love to see KRS-One in concert. I wound up going to it. I actually was not going to go to it at first. Then I wound up going to it. I just was like, let me try to ask a friend if they want to go. They said they wanted to go, and we went and had a very, very awesome time oh my god that was so amazing to just see krs1 one of the forefathers of beef i mean this guy's a legend he was a four he was one of the people that started rap beef in hip-hop you know this guy's a legend i mean it's seen a legend last night that's really just cool to see um I mean, you get this guy who's just really good. He's he's lecturing us, you know. He's over here. He stops his show every now and then. He's doing some songs. He'll stop the show, do a little lecture, try to tell us, you know, why why should we, you know, why should we, you know, do things better for ourselves. He kind of went on some rants that I couldn't follow. Like he would go some say some things like all black people are from Mexico, which I thought was a little bit, uh, you know, uh, I don't know where you got that information from. I have to look that one up. Can you give us some citations here? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where we got that one of bald black people from Mexico. But, you know, um, if, if you want to say that, and I think he might have listened to one of my episodes, one of my lost episodes of me. Stating go be giving asking my friend the question of what if uh what if hey what if they thought Jesus was from Mexico <laughs> you know Mexico and all that stuff so maybe he might have listened to one of my lost episodes I'm gonna go off a limb and say KS One is a fan of Bring the Noise from Music City podcast also like Donald Trump is and many more so yeah so you know. I, again, I have another noisy ear. Uh, KRS One, noise and tear. Thank you, KRS One, for listening to my podcast from the, one of the beginnings, one of the beginnings, one of the OGs. You know, one of the OG podcast listeners. So I love me some good old KRS One. Thank you for listening, for sure. But yeah, you get KRS One. He just he just ha- has a fun time. Just. Just over here lecturing us, telling us, you know, oh, ye, you know, telling us all these things, you know, we had to st- stick up to, you know, I'm sitting there the whole entire time. I'm like, this is, this is just amazing. Just to, just, just to, just to be in a room with KRS One alone is amazing. And just to be at a KRS concert alone, I'm in front stage. I'm literally, I, we are literally making eye contact, me and KRS One. I'm at the front of the stage. You know, he's up there. He's dapping everybody up. He's up here hitting freestyles. I have a freestyle that I recorded. And I'm probably going to put up on the Facebook page later on and on the Facebook group page. And uh, also put it on uh, Instagram, too. It's just, I mean, he's doing freestyles. And he's making jokes. And it's just, he's just really, he was just having a really, really good show. Having a really, really good time himself. So, man, that was just really awesome just to see just that happened for sure with you know it, it with you know um it, it just all of us just having a fun time so we'll see how that goes um he's definitely one of just the greatest just hugest legends in hip-hop history so it was just great just to hear then you got a dj that's there he's just playing just straight 80s and 90s hip-hop and he's playing you know not just 80s and 90s new york hip-hop he's playing southern hip-hop he's playing some outcasts i mean i would love it if he would have got maybe into some you know like eight ball mjg and some free six mafia maybe you know some low no limit maybe you know i would have liked if he got into that but he went pretty much just straight up outcast from southern hip-hop and then 
then got some Cali inside there with Tupac and people and Dr. Dre and people like that. And then he went all, you know, all Brooklyn, all New York stuff, you know. So it re- it was really, really cool just to see that just him just just it was I, it made me really want to just why is this not created yet? If I had all the money in the world, man, I would just be... There's some things I look at, I'd be like, man, I just want to create this. And I just don't... You know, I want to invest in this, and I just want to see if it works. I just want to see if it works, you know? I don't want... I don't, you know, I I don't want to do it to force success myself. I just want to have this thing created so I can have this thing created. And it was one of those things was literally... I want a 90s, a 90s bar, a 90s hip-hop bar. I don't want, like, a 90s where you got to dress up like 90s characters and, you know, it's just a night where you just playing 90s music and stuff like that. I want straight up, it's just a bar that you could dress up like you do normally today. You can have, you know, normal, normal stuff, but... It's just dedicated to 90s. It's dedicated to having 90s fun, you know? You know, listen to some 90s music. Because I love listening to me some 90s hip-hop, definitely. I love listening to me some 80s hip-hop, definitely. So, you know, I just want... I just really wish they could we could dedicate a bar to just that 90s, 80s hip-hop type thing, you know? So, that was just really cool to get into, for sure. Um, so that was just a fun, that was fun last night. You know, this, the Basement East is where it was at. The Basement East is selling 40s, so you're getting middle light 40s inside of there. He was just chugging 40s, listening to KRS-One and 90s hip-hop and 80s hip-hop. And he's just looking at it, you're just like, man, this is great. This guy, we're chugging 40s and listening to hip-hop, you know. It was just so, it was just so great an experience. And, you know, and Nash, and it's just so much. Much of, it's so much fun. It's just Nashville, and nobody's looking for trouble. Everybody's looking to have fun. You know, nobody's in there. You know, that's like it's just just amazing just to see how how great a city the music city is. And I'm just so happy that I live here with y'all guys. I am just so happy and just ah oh man, this is amazing. So with that said, uh, let's let's just get into our next episode, this segment here, and the next segment is gonna be a pretty good one. It's gonna be my take on the last episode for this week. Yeah, I seen this episode, this week's episode of Flash. I mean, just so amazing. It just reminds you why you love the Flash. It just this week's episode is just no superhero show that's just c- close. It's no superhero show that's close. It's just <sighs> the reason why I love The Flash so much is that it's a superhero show with episodes like this where it's not dedicated, where it shows that this is a superhero, you know. This isn't just a guy that's a hero. And I think that's where most superhero shows make it. Excuse me, mess up at that they show more of a hero than an actual superhero. You know, you show a guy he's fighting one villain for a whole entire season. You know, it's like a Walking Dead type situation. You know, where a guy's just fighting a whole entire villain for a whole season, and it, and you start having filler episodes because you got to have at least twenty episodes in a season. You know, so it starts having filler episodes, and it starts getting all dull, and nobody's interested by the, by the, nobody's interested by the, by the season finale. You know, everybody's going, okay, well, can we just go ahead and finish this season off? You know, instead of, instead of just getting episodes like this where you're in love with this episode, and it's pretty much a filler episode. It's just a filler episode in a way, but it's a filler episode that's so good that it actually competes with the other very important episodes, you know? So, I just love it when you can have just Barry Allen and just, you know, just doing his Barry Allen thing. And, I mean, you have this episode where he's fighting against, you know, against a bomb that's gonna destroy all of Central City and you bring back the beautiful my my 
My wife after Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood is number one, but Jesse Quick is so close. Oh my god, I love some Jesse Quick. But Evan Evan Rachel Wood has got to be number one for sure. Sorry, but she already has my last name, so it was it's destiny already. So. Oh my God! It was amazing. It's just amazing when you got got Jesse Quick, you got Jay Garrett coming back. I don't know what's up with Wally West. Is that uh, I I just I must have missed that episode of what happened with Wally or something like that because I don't know what happened. He just kind of disappeared out of nowhere. I don't know if that's a contractual thing or something, you know. But uh, we'll see. But um. Yeah, you just get into this thing with the flash where it's just so amazing. Just this whole episode is just greatness that the flash is. I love it. I love the flash so much. I just love what they're doing over there at CW with the flash. Um, man, the I mean, the graphics of this episode, just the graphics alone in this episode is amazing. I you have graphics that I it beats most movies graphics. I mean, I, I will argue that this episode of Flash has better graphics than many of the DC movies. I mean, this is a this is a show. And I this is I just got to remember that this is a show. It's hard to remember that this is a show. This is a team. This is this is something with a budget of, you know, you know what? A very, very tiny budget because it has to compete. It has to have openings for other TV shows, so their budget is very, very minute. And and compared to movie budgets, where you where you pretty much have, if you get a million dollar millionaire as an investor, you can have you can have a fifty, sixty, seventy million budget easily. I mean. The room had 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 almost had pretty much a twelve million dollar budget. I think it had a fifteen million dollar budget. I mean, the room had that you know there's some there's some movies that had that thirty to forty million dollars, fifty million dollars budgets. That was just the movie came out straight garbage. And then you have this show right here with an episode like this, where the graphics are just amazing. Uh, just astonishing, and you have to remember that this is a show that competes with shows like that has such shows on there as Supergirl, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Those are just free of their shows that is on there. You have Jane of Jane the Virgin that makes a lot of that makes a lot of money for them just because it's a because because it's a cheap show to make and it's a novella and people love novellas you know i mean you have you have all these shows you have riverdale you have dynasty you have all these shows with these big budgets and flash has to compete with the show with these shows with for budgets and it's doing <laughs> graphics like last like t- this week's I mean, this is—it's just amazing just to see the, what the Flash is doing, what they are doing, and it's spectacular to just see it. So I'm—I'm I'm in awe with the Flash. You got—you got this thing where you know he has a main villain, and he can—and you can go with an episode that's pretty much a filler episode, but he's going against another villain that's very big and is gonna probably come down the line, be a very huge part in the episode to come up. And, future so I mean it's something I love I just love the flash so much and it's so great just to see a show like this and black lightning is doing good doing good I'm gonna talk about black lightning soon enough I've got to catch back up on black lightning um but the flash is just a whole nother league of excellence man so I'm loving the flash thank thank god for a show like this for sure Oh, man, it's amazing just to have a show where, you know, it's not dedicated to one villain the whole entire season. You know, it's just, it's amazing to get a show like this. So, I'm I'm love The Flash. Oh, man. Well, with all this said, we need to get into what we want, what everybody wants to hear, our stories for this week. So, with that said, let's get, let's take a Nice little break for a second. Got me another beer, and we're going to talk about our story for this week. 
While I'm off to grab a beer, I just want to talk really quick about Sportsman Grill. Uh, I like to talk about local businesses here inside of the Music City. Um, Sportsman Grill is a pretty cool business inside of down there. It's right beside Vanderbilt, so prime location for sports. You know, there's nice little Vanderbilt college games and stuff like that. Um, if when I went inside the bar, it looks it just reminds me of Cheers, a show that I love a lot. So I really love just seeing a bar that reminds me of Cheers for sure. I uh, went inside there, had me a spicy chicken sandwich. They have a hot chicken sandwich inside there, so I want to try that next. And they have some hot fish that I, I want to see how that is. I guess they make it like hot chicken, but with fish. So definitely want to see how that goes too. So I mean, I went inside there. It's amazing inside there. It's really good. The beer is really good inside there too. They have your Yazoo Gertz, you know your your. Nashville locals, they have Terrapins, they have Sweet Waters, you know, so um, I just love Sportsman Grill, so I advise any of my noisy ears, my noise and tears, my noisers, all my people that listen to this podcast just to go inside of Sportsman Grill and just fall in love with it for sure. With that said, let's get back into the podcast. So, story number one. We gotta get back into this. Uh, Sergeant Mayor Lover and the mayor is back into it. Nashville Mayor officially retired, resigned this week. Miss Megan Berry. I love Miss Megan Berry a lot. She was actually seemed like a pretty good mayor. She got some stuff done while she was a mayor. But, uh,. She did a lot of corrupt stuff that he just had. They just had to go ahead and get out of there. When she, with, with the stuff she was doing, they had to go ahead and get out of there. It was, it was just a little bit too corrupt. The stuff she was doing. So, um, man, she wound up having to resign. It was part of a plea deal that gave her, that gave her no time in jail for it. Uh, so if if you go back to the Sergeant Mayor Love episode, uh, I advise everybody to do it. That's actually a very highly um highly um viewed episode. Very is very it has a lot of views to it. So I thank everybody for viewing the episode and hope everybody is sticking on and viewing a lot more of my episodes because this Sergeant Major Lover, Sergeant Major Lover, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and um, just this Mega Berry story is just intense. And and I, by the way, I've got a little um, got a little uh, I guess you call kind of got a little doozy at the end of this story here. But uh, yeah, Sergeant Major Lover is just I see the picture of this guy. I'm gonna post a picture of him. I'm, yes, I'm do that on Instagram. I'm do it on Instagram and on Facebook page. I'm post a picture of this guy because you would never know that Sergeant Major Lover. You would never expect this guy to be a Sergeant Major Lover, but mm, he's got he's he's he is a he's got to be a Major Lover. He was he was worth what uh, he was worth about eighty thousand dollars, you know. So he's got to be he's got to be a good Major Lover. So uh, he. He wound up being part of the plea deal. She got three years of probation and had to resign from office. Um, Sergeant Major Lover also got three years of probation. His is actually supervised probation, so that that's gonna be one to be interesting to see him, him having you know having to report. He actually has to report to the probation officer and all that stuff. You know, I don't think Megan Barry has got supervised, so she's pretty much she's pretty much gonna be you know three years of having to pay some money and stuff like that, and then she's. Going to be going off and doing some things. I'm, I'm, I'm would not be surprised if, uh, if it, if it, if by next semester she's teaching political science at like Vanderbilt University or something like that. You know, so, um, Sergeant Major Lover, she's doing, she, she, you know, she got off pretty clean on this. You know, it's it's something that's gonna have, she's gonna have a reputation with us. She's not gonna be able to be in political office. I'm pretty sure, but. She's got things that she'll be all right, you know. But yeah, Sergeant May. I mean, this mayor just keep. She she she's um she just she's. Uh, 
it's awesome just to see just this story just keep unfolding and now they're seeing that she might that they might have nude pictures of her and you know and things like that it's just like oh man i mean megan Barry, you you have to be it's just a point where it's like megan Barry, could you not could he not be at least a little bit of you know uh, mayor-esque, you know, like, uh, you, you, you understand that you was the, you was the one that's above this guy, right? You understand that you was in a position above this guy, that you were, yeah, you, you went down levels to get to this guy. You went down multiple levels. Like, this isn't like you went down, like, a level. You went down multiple levels. And, and you see a picture of this guy that I posted. I'll po- I try to post later on on, on the Facebook page, stuff like that. You see the levels that she went down. I mean, Megan Barry, she's not, you know, she's not the a queen, you know, she's not Cersei, uh, you know, no, not like beautiful, like gorgeous, but she's pretty. She's very, very pretty. She's very, very cute. I mean, if I if I could go on a date with her, and you know, she wasn't even the mayor, she was just like a regular person. I'll go on a date with her for sure. I mean, she's very, very cute. She's she's very, very she's very, very pretty. You know, uh, so I you know. <sighs> I don't see, I don't know what she saw in Sergeant Major Lover, you know, I don't know what was behind the scenes, what Sergeant Major Lover was, you know, doing for her, but, uh, you know, I know he was doing for her, he was doing, he was doing some very fun, he was doing some, some ve- something very nice, because it was worth over eight, $80,000, so he was, it, he was doing something very nice, so. Uh, Sergeant Major Lover was, he's amazing, he's a, he's a, he's a, he was an interesting character for sure, but he got he gets away. He had to pay that the city I think forty five thousand dollars, so it's still some money that he I guess I guess he had bought stuff that he wasn't able to be able to invest that money. So yeah, Sergeant Major Love, I mean, pretty much got away with you know with uh one of the most awesome stories and. <laughs> In Nashville history, I would say this is one of the most awesome stories in Nashville history in a city with so much history to it. I would say that Sergeant Major Lover was definitely the biggest winner in Nashville history. I think Patsy Cline recording crazy here and making all that money that she did. I think that is, I think that story is still even below Sergeant Major Lover's story. Vazzy <laughs> um, Klein recorded a diamond album, was recorded a diamond song. I think one of the only songs to ever go diamond. You know, I think recorded a Klein recorded a diamond song, a song that's still number one on jukeboxes to this day. You know, and that was recorded back in the six, the fifties, in the fifties. You know, and I think that stat is below Sergeant Major Lover's story, just because Patsy Klein died so early and wasn't able to really, uh, you know, enjoy her success as much. You know, as much as you know other people could enjoy success, but, you know, <laughs> Sergeant Major Lover was very successful, <laughs> has been very successful in the last few years, so give all, I give all the credit to Sergeant Major Lover for being such a great, great, I mean, he's amazing, he's an amazing character, but yeah, to go on with the doozy at the end here, I guess I didn't say the doozy is that I just looked it up recently, and he, and the city has actually granted him a pension, so he's getting a $74,000 pension a year, because it, just because of his, just because of this retirement he had, so he had to retire because of this, and the city is like, well, well, we we'll still pay you, you know. Well, thank you for for, for fucking us over, for for, that, for fucking us, for fucking us. You didn't fuck us this good, but you fucked you fucked very, 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 make it very pretty well. So you gotta pay you some money for it. So, <laughs> Sergeant Major Lover, that is a. I mean, he's he he's going down. He's go he's got to go down as one of the greatest of all times. You know, he's 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 uh he's a he's definitely a hall of famer in my book of 
people I, I know in life. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Like, it's him, Prince is in there, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's some people that are just in there that you, that you just, you're like, they're Hall of Famers. I, 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 I love this guy. He's, these guys, there's nobody that's going to do a story like this, you know. There's nobody that's going to come through and do, do something like this, you know. So, I, he, Sergeant Major Lover. My hat's off to you for sure. You are you're an amazing man. So, <laughs> so with that said, that's 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 done with that story. I mean, I love this story so much. Um, we'll see. I'm pretty sure I'll go to a part three of that story one day. With definitely, so we're gonna see where that where the story keeps us going towards. You know, so we'll have to look up and see what Megan Barry's doing in the next few months. Cause I feel like she's gonna get like a political science teaching job somewhere at some university around here. You know, so we'll see. With that said, now we got story number two, which is gonna be interesting. It's back to you after this break. So, story number two. Um, with The Strangers coming out tonight, I do got to talk about the story behind The Strangers. For most people that know the movie The Strangers, it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It legit has me scared every time I watch it. And I know everything that's going to happen. And I'm still like looking behind myself like, oh, oh. Like it's just it's just legit has me fighting that movie. I love watching it. I'm looking behind my back right now, actually, as we speak, because I don't know. I don't know. It's a quiet house right now. I don't know what's in it, what's happening, you know. So Uh The Strangers is just a really, really good movie. I see that Strangers Two is coming out tonight. I'm gonna go watch it. I don't know if I'm gonna be a fan of it or not. Uh we'll see. Uh the thing about the strangers is that you gotta really I don't know I mean it's one of those things where you hope that I've seen I saw the movie I don't know if the if the guy that did it is was was a was a fan of this last movie you know I've seen the trailers for it and all this stuff and it's looking like one of those trailers where it's like one of those things where you get those directors in Hollywood where they didn't see the first movie. They never even gave a mind to even go see the first movie. And so he's like, I'm just going to make my own version of the story. So it's looking like it's looking like one of those stories where you see the first story and like it's saying that these people are kind of just people that kind of they like to have fun and games and manipulate with their people. But this one looks but this one looks like more of like it's kind of like a Jason type thing. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like these people aren't like these people aren't like supernatural people that like, you know, they aren't supernatural people. They're just very cunning, cunning, you know, um, very manipulative people. But this one, this one looks like they might be kind of like Jason esque. Like, oh, we like we're running around a house. Like we're running around. Like it looked like they was kind of running around a hotel. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, on this side of the hotel. And oh, now they're on this side of the hotel. How they make it this side of the hotel so quick? Like it's kind of like Jason esque. Like no, like no, I don't want my. I don't want. I don't. I don't get into those type of you know those type of uh, horror movies. Like when a guy's like he's just super. Powers and he just happens to be everywhere at all times, and there's no way to get away from him, you know. So, I'm not a fan of that, but I am a fan of The Strangers, and I am a fan of the backstory to The Strangers. Um, so for everybody that does not know about the backstory to The Strangers, The Strangers, the first one was. Very, very loosely, okay? So, I don't want to say it's based on a real story. It's very, very loosely based on a real story. It's pretty much this guy read a bunch of horror stories, of real horror stories, and, you know, and decided to make his own movie that was a version of all those horror stories. One of those horror stories is actually something that happened to him as a kid. Um, Brian Berlanti, I think that's how you pronounce his name, actually is the was the writer and, you know, producer of The Strangers. And actually, um, him, him as a kid, 
um, was left alone like many of us as kids, me being a single, being a partially a single kid growing up for a good time being a child growing up, was left at home, you know, sometimes without, you know, with nobody around. And, you know, you, somebody, you know, somebody would come knock on the door or somebody would call the phone and you answer the phone. And, you know, sometimes somebody might say, you know, is this person here? And you have to go, you know, nah, this person's not here. And um, that happened to him as a kid. I think his parents went off to go to a dinner or something like that and left him at home by himself. And there was um, and some people came by his house and asked, was this person here? And he had to tell them, no, they wasn't here. And uh, he found out about a week or two later that these people were actually committing robbery, armed robberies and burglaries around the neighborhood. And I guess they would knock on the door and, and see if the if anybody was home. If the people wasn't home, they'll break it to the house, you know. And he just happened to, he just happened to be lucky to, you know, answer the door and, you know, kind of, you know, try to kind of trick him into, you know, thinking that, you know, there's more people there than just him, you know. So he got lucky on that one for sure because, you know, there's no telling what could happen with people that dangerous, you know. So that's kind of the gist of what their strangers was. And then, you know, another backstory that he went off of was the Manson murders, which I don't like to talk about too much. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Charles Manson murders. I A lot of people... Uh, I I don't see the intrigue in it as well. Um, It was a, I mean, it's one of those things where you get, it's one of those things where you get, where Charles Manson was kind of this guy that was kind of like one of these conning, manipulative people that, I don't think he even was that, I've never been around him, so I don't know. I never really looked in tune to see what he did. So I don't see how he was so, what I it's one of those things where I kind of say that that he knew what audience to play to. I think it's one of those things where he knows this audience, and that's a, and it's it is people like that that just you know they know their audience, they know who to play to, and I think he was one of those people that knew his audience and knew what to play to. He knew that if I played to these type of people, that this will work. I don't think he was as good as, you know, as other cult leaders like, uh, you know, like uh, Jim Jones and people like that, that I think really, really, really had to figure out how to do their things. I feel like he played, like he was kind of into, in a group and he kind of just knew how to manipulate this group. He saw that these people looked at him a lot looked at him with a looked at him in a higher pedigree than than you know looked at him in such a high pedigree I've just felt like he felt that he can do things you know so I don't I don't I just not a fan of I'm just not a fan of him you know but you know if he if but I mean I have to mention it he you know he he had pretty much led a cult and he committed a whole bunch of and he got people to commit a whole bunch of murders he never committed any of the murders at all he just got people to commit a whole bunch of murders which also which obviously also also kind of irks me there because it's not like he got like he went and said you, you know i got this you know it's it's not one of those situations where it was like oh yeah i you know you go I want you to go do this for me. It was one of those situations where he was there. He just didn't do anything because he was such a pussy. So, you know, I, I'm i not a fan of Charles Manson at all. So, you know, we'll see what, we'll see, we'll see about that. We'll see, you know, so if you want to look up the Charles Manson murders, you know, look it up. I looked it up. I wasn't, I wasn't intrigued or anything by it. So, you know, all that stuff. But the real thing that really is intriguing the story behind the strangers is the Caddy Cabin 28 story. The, and that is a very, very intriguing story. And um, before I mention any of this stuff, again, I don't like to talk about rape. And I always would never, ever mention a story about rape. So when I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not okay with brutally, with brutal murders, but I mean, brutal murders happen and I can, and it intrigues me. So I'll talk about it, but you know, I'm, when it goes to rape, it's kind of like, come on, it's like, it's like, 
it's just it's just too much. It's just a little bit too much the rape aspect. So again, in this story, there's no rape inside of it. So do not think that this happened for sure. And I will explain more into this story as we go on. I don't. I can't remember if the mansion stories had any rape to it. I don't think they did. I think that. The I think they had nudity inside the stories. I think they did undress their I think they did undress their victims, but I don't think they ever raped their victims. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't again, I'm not a big fan of the Charles Manson stories, so I don't really look into them. Don't remember remember them too much, so that's another reason why I don't talk about them because I don't know what the hell, how the stories went. So But I do know the Caddy Cabin twenty eight story. Which is a very intriguing, awesome, well, not intriguing story. I don't want to say awesome story. I want to say it is a very intriguing story. So, the Caddy Cabin 28. Uh, Caddy is a city inside of California, Northern California. Um, it's in one of those parts of California where. Hmm. <sighs> Excuse me. The best way I could say is that it's behind the times, and you have that some of those places in every state here in the United States. They had those cities, and that's just in those regions that are just behind the times. They don't. They don't. They don't. They seem to have stayed in, you know, this time period while everybody else was going forward. You know, and I think that's what this part of California is. That it was kind of one of these time it's kind of one of these places where if you wanted to go to these old old on if you want to live by the rules of the old wild west i think that's where you go to this part of california it's kind of one of those places where a lot of people that were basically it's like a frontier part of california it's not a frontier like in the sense of nevada because it's not like desert or nothing it's not desert or anything like that it's mountainous but it's still you live it still is kind of like um, it's kind of like you live. It's kind of like you 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 don't you you live on the opposite side of the law <laughs> up, up there in those places. So, um, in Caddy, California. I, best way I can explain to it is um, is if you've seen Sons of Anarchy, it's kind of like where they go to to do. It's kind of like. Think of a more rural version of that. Think of like it's like that where the city is kind of like he's a sheriff and he's with and he knows these corrupt people, but he lets it happen because it's does it's just a little bit too much work if he didn't let it happen and things like that, you know. And I think that's pretty much what this story might be kind of like, kind of what San Francisco is based on, kind of those parts of California like that, like this. So it kind of um you know it's just like. One of those stories like that. So, you get up there. So, we're in Caddy, California. And a woman named Sue Sharp has moved her and her children to Caddy, California. After she got a divorce from her husband for issues that are pretty unknown. That are pretty, I think, go unknown. I think he might have been cheating on her. I don't think, I don't, I never really looked that far into the husband part of the story. But she's got divorced from her husband. She moves her and her, I think she had five kids. I think she had five kids at the time. I think she had, I think, uh, let's see, she had two daughters and son. She had, yeah, five kids because she had three sons and two daughters. So she had five. She had five children. She moved her and her five children to a cabin up inside of Caddy, California, where they lived at for a, for pretty much kind of like a year. I think it's, I think. And when in in one night inside of Caddy, California, it was April, April eleventh, the evening of April eleventh. It said, um, Sue Sharp is inside the is inside of the cabin and she has her two sons, her two younger sons there, and her two younger sons also has a friend there with him. Also has a friend there with him. The younger sons, their name are Greg and Rick, and they have a friend over there named Justin. 
you know, so they're all back in the back, I guess, in a back room playing whatever. I don't know what they what you would play at that time. It's the early, it's H it's at nineteen eighty one, by the way. So I don't know what you're playing at that time. I guess I need to watch some more episodes of Stranger Things, so I might know what you might be playing at that time. <laughs> I guess, but uh, so it's nineteen eighty one, you know, and that playing in the back room. Um, shoes eldest daughter Sheila is over at a friend's house spending the night and her eldest son his name is um I think I think it's Johnny yes his name is Johnny and he he's out with his friend Dana out I guess having a fun night I guess out I guess doing something at nighttime I guess have at a bar or something I don't think it was old enough to be at a bar but I don't know what they're doing it was out pretty late it seems like but uh, she also has a younger daughter named Tina that is at the house by herself. So I'm guessing Tina was kind of in a room by herself and Sue was kind of in a room by herself and all three of the boys are in the back room. I don't think that the cabin was that big, though, so I don't think it was, they had rooms like that. But it, it it seems like it had to be because, um, I don't know. It, let me I'll tell you more to the story in just a second, but... It winds up when Sheila winds up coming home in the early morning. She's coming home to get clothes. It is said to go to church. So she winds up coming home in the morning go to get clothes to go to church. When she goes inside, when she goes inside the house, she sees her her mother brutally brutally murdered. She sees her brother, her oldest brother Johnny brutally murdered. She sees his friend Dana also brutally murdered. Tina is missing, and the free and and the youngest and her younger brothers, um, and younger brothers and Justin, I think Rick and Greg were the name of the younger brothers, and Justin was their friend. All are in the back room, and they have no acknowledgement. Seems like, and she says it seems like they have no acknowledgement of like what had what the, had happened inside of the other parts of the house. So, you see. Three people brutally murdered and one missing, and the kids seem to have literally zero clue of what happened. It wound up that they had so much no clue of what had happened that Sheila actually had them go out the window to uh, the house to get out the house. That she wouldn't let them, you know, see what happened to her family. So she took them out the out the put them out the window, and that's how they got out the house. So when the police come by, they view the scene. Um, they find that the that the mother has been tied up with cloth and has been tied up with cloth that was not medical tape that was not there, not from the cabin. And she also, her feet was bound with, um, with, um, television, with a television cord from the television, with a stitch cord from the television. Um, it looked like she had been raped, but it looks, but it seemed it, they had like, she had like a, kind of her clothes like kind of like it looked like she had been raped but then doing but with evidence it showed that she wasn't actually raped which kind of goes into a little bit more of the story I would talk about later on um the they find the son Johnny the oldest son inside there he had been beaten to death with a with a hammer and he had been stabbed multiple times Sue had been beaten to death with a opposite hammer and been stabbed multiple times. Uh, no, Johnny had been beaten to death with a rifle. Actually, he had been beaten just to where the rifle just destroyed with a rifle and stabbed to death multiple times. Sue was being death with a hammer with a hammer that I think was left at the scene. And then his friend, then Johnny's friend Dana was beaten to death with an opposite hammer that was not left at the scene. And he was stabbed also multiple times. It 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 got it 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 got gruesome. The the attacks was just pretty much it was just intense the attacks. Um so you got all those dead. They can't find they can't find the daughter Tina at all. Um they find a hammer later on inside of a a bloody hammer later on inside of a trash can at by a hardware store. So they find that bloody hammer there. Um, 
they don't ever find Tina till years later when a person stumble, stumbles upon a, a skull 30 miles away from Caddy, California. A person stumbles upon a skull. Um, at first, they didn't even put it together that it could be Tina. And then, they, and then the police got a tipped anonymous phone call, which is very, very intriguing. They got a tipped anonymous phone call of a person telling them that is Tina that was found there. And they then dig it up, look at, find more remaining bodies, more remaining bones, um, test those bones, and winds up that it was Tina that that this goal belonged to. So it did find, they actually did find Tina. Um, So um, it's always just interesting. It's still an unsolved mystery to this day. I shouldn't say that first off. Um, there's a lot of things that did happen in this mystery that was just insanely crazy. Uh, you have a point where the uh, the where the, the friend Justin the friend Justin was said to have left the room and had actually caught. He said two men in the act of murdering of murdering the people at the time, and he said that it was kind of like he was kind of in a dream. It wasn't really reality. That it was kind of like it was just like it was. It wasn't. It was. It seemed like it wasn't really going on when it when it happened. I mean, it was. So you have this. Yeah. Oh, okay. It said that Justin had had a dream that night that 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 Sue was getting attacked. So she had a dream that night that the that his friend's mom was getting attacked on a boat that resembled the cabin's living room, and and Johnny and they and that Johnny and Dana actually arrived home in the middle of the crime. That's what so pretty much Justin says that he had this dream of what seems like what the had happened. And it got it it gets really to some points. I think and it's one of those things that you really don't understand how, what happened because you cause cause it's something where these kids in the back aren't harmed and this woman is brutally murdered and and, this, and her son and her son and the son's friend is brutally murdered in such a way that looks like it's just like it was like it had to be something that, like it was it was this is this is you know i mean this is a person that is is used two different weapons to murder the person that murder people and even after murdering him, even after murdering people that you know for sure murdered him, he still stabbed them and and did all these things to him. And it's just like you know, it's just, it's just, it's overkill. It's literally overkill. It's to the point where you like, oh no, what 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 did these people do to you? You know, for you to go into this type of rage right here. So. And a lot of things come out that you know that Tina that the Sue Sharp the woman you know the mother might have been you know using drugs and maybe might have not paid a drug dealer or you know another thing a story is that is actually was a uh was going to be a rape and then it then and then the boys wound up walking in at the just the wrong time and they tried to subdue the the rapist and then it wound up that the rapist overpowered the boys and you know I think that goes with Justice's dream of that I think it was that's what they say. That's the reason why Sue kind of was laid in a position that looked kind of like she was raped, but she wasn't raped because it was actually was a rape going to happen, and then it kind of just went out of out of control and spun out of control, and then things happened, you know. So you get all these stories, and then uh, you get stories of uh, you get stories of actually that. Um, the boy's father actually was one of the 
one of the people that was going to commit the rape. And that's the reason why the boy's not talking about it. That's the reason why the other boys were not harmed. That the boy who had walked down on his father doing this deed. And then he didn't, t- and then, and then he might have begged him, the, his father not to kill his friends and stuff like that. And that's the reason why it didn't happen. And it's saying that it might have been the boy's father and another guy. It winds up the boy's father is, uh, and then I think it was said something about it could have been his neighbor. It could have been a neighbor and wound up like a neighbor being uh, having connections to the sheriff. Like the, I think the sheriff was his best friend. And then uh, another guy, the other guy that it said was his, also his best friend was a guy that had connections to the FBI. And I think he had a very huge like criminal record of things and it just winds up being really crazy because the city also is just a city of like a bunch of people that were very violent criminals when moved there a lot of violent criminal activity it was kind of like i said it was like a sun sons of anarchy type city like most people there had a criminal sheet that lived there so it kind of going to this point of that you know Anybody could have been a suspect. Anybody, everybody was a suspect because anybody, everybody had kind of a criminal record of that extent, you know, of being, of having, you know, burglary and domestic violence and assault, you know, charges, stuff like that. But it just, it was just to the point of that nobody could understand why this happened because this is, this is a woman who's just a, she's a single mother of five, you know. It's just a woman. She's a single mother of five. She's not like she's out having, you know, ha- out out doing rages and you know doing you know you know getting into big big trouble, you know. So it's she's a single mother of five. So I don't think she would be out doing anything, you know. Everybody's just like you. Can't see, they can't see a way that she would do something that would and that would ask for something like this to be done to her. You know, hurt children, and you know, and then it just comes to the thing of why would you kidnap Tina and then you know, just to bring her somewhere and then kill her somewhere else, you know, and it just wound up being one of those things, and then nothing else ever came of it. You don't have any murders that resembles this, you don't have anybody breaking into any other houses and murdering a whole bunch of people this way, uh, and brutally this way, or nothing like that. So, you know, it just gets to the point of that this is just a huge, huge unsolved murder, and um. I mean, the two people that were the prime suspects, the kid's dad and his best friend are actually dead now. So, you know, there's no getting any like, you know, last last second, you know, confessions out of them or anything like that. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's going to be an unsolved murder that might forever be an unsolved murder that you just want to go. Can you know? Can we get you know? Can we get an answer out of this? Because this is just it was just way too um, bone chilling of a case you know to not get an answer out of. So that's you know the Caddy Cabin Twenty Eight Murders, and it's what the story of the strangers is loosely based off of, and I think it's just a it's an insane story. Uh, I think there is movies that's actually kind of based a little bit more on the cat um cabin caddy twenty eight and I think they have some documentaries on it. It's really interesting to look into the into the cabby the caddy cabin twenty eight. If you want to look into it, it's caddy is key is K E E D I E then cabin twenty eight, and you just look into that and then I mean you can find some stuff on it that's you'll be amazed because it's a lot of. Like a lot of said, it's a lot of corruption. It seems like the police actually kind of half asked this, half asked the search for, you know. It was kind of one of those things that a lot of people said the police kind of was not actually trying to solve the murders or nothing like that. And they say that it might have been because the sheriff was friends with the murderers or, you know, things like that. So, 
it's very interesting you know it says like a lot of things like evidence wasn't found and they was actually looking for tina and they didn't even notice tina was even gone and things like that like it was a lot of stuff that they said that like, a lot of stuff that's being said that was like yeah the police this pretty much they tried it looks like a lot of blame is on the police for the unsolving of this murder and they even say things like when tita was found and the anonymous tip gave them the, the tina when the skull was found they didn't even like try to even try to link it to tina and even an anonymous tip called and was like oh tina is you know this could you know that is tina that they didn't even you know kind of you know they didn't even kind of you know didn't even kind of even um a pre uh even take note of it you know they say they lost the tape of the uh, the guy that called in for the anonymous tip and it said it took them like a few months before they even really looked and tried to dig up the scene and look up for bodies and stuff like that so it was it's really interesting you know just seeing this whole entire thing about you know um the caddy cabin 28 murders so yeah that's the cabin caddy 28 murders i mean so that is it right there it's this this is the movie the strangers you know based on um brian berlente's um experience as a child based on this uh based on his reading of uh hilton skelter and charles manson's uh depictions of his crimes and uh and based and based on and based on the cabin caddy 28 murders so that's it uh, so with that said, let's get into an outro here. And this is Freaky Frankie Friday. Frankie Frankie Friday. This is another just good Frankie Frankie Friday. I hope that everybody loved the story. I just hope that everybody loves my talk on the Flash and many other things. Oh man, I mean this is this is really fun today. And I'm just hoping that everybody's enjoying. Again, remember to just get on the Facebook page. I'm going to post a picture of the Mr. Major Love himself so you can see what you got to expire to look like, you know, to be able to earn $80,000 $80, a year for having sex with a woman, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have to have, so I'm just going to do stuff like that, um, You know, so with that said, uh, let's get into our, our closeout quote for the night. Um, also, remember the remember remember that uh, again, Instagram is the first noiser. So uh, I have that posted on my uh, Instagram and my Facebook. If you need to look into that. Uh, but that said, we're going to close out with a quote from uh, Mr. Frank Sinatra himself. He says, I'm for whatever gets you through the night. And I think since I haven't done it in a few weeks, I'm going to give you another Frank Sinatra quote. I think I'm going to go with, you got to love living, baby. Because dying is a pain in the ass. With that said, I'll let you meditate on that. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back on Monday for Marley Monday. 
with that said, let's have some fun. And remember this quote. Like, I've not really told anybody this this year, this, but I have finally did my quote for this year. I always have a quote for every year. Um, you know, I always have kind of a hashtag for every year. Why, I mean, my my last year was just good vibrations. Just always just having good vibrations. This one this year, I want only W's, only W's from everybody. And, you know, if you want to go on the Facebook page, go on my Instagram, write me, you know, write me what your W's were. I don't want every, only W's every day. You think you only thing you think of is your W's. Don't think of any L's, you know, everybody has L's. Everybody's going to take an L, but I want only W's. I want to hear. So let me hear from your days. What what was your W of the day? What what was your win of the day? It could be a little win. You know, it could be a big win. Uh, my win of today is that I get to record a podcast. You know, I haven't done too much other that than that today. So I love that I got to record a podcast and talk to y'all and talk to y'all and tell y'all the story. You know, the strangers and you know and all this other things. You know, so you know just you know take your W's. I want to hear only W's. That's what I want from all my noises, my noisers, my noise and tears. I want only W's for every one of y'all. So with that said, let's go out. And have a great weekend. Yeah.